speak today from one of the most misunderstood passages of scripture that are in the Bible. I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1 and my subject for today will be God's providence, God's plan. Now it came to pass in the 30th year and the fourth month on the fifth day of the month as I was among the captives by the river of Shabar that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. And verse 4 says, Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself. And brightness was all around it, and radiating out of the mist like the color of amber, out of the mist of the fire. And also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, but each one had four faces, and each one had four wings, and their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet, and they sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings, verse 8, on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings, and their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. Verse 10, and for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. As I looked at these living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. Verse 16, the appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all the four had the same likeness. The appearance of their working was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And when they moved, they went forward in one of four directions, and they did not turn aside when they went. And as for their rims, verse 18, they were so high, they were awesome, and their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. Let's start out by noting the time which God showed up in a special way in Ezekiel's life. He was probably about 30 years of age. He had lived in the city of Jerusalem. And by heritage and by training, he was a priest and ready to begin his priestly duties. But in the year 597 BC, the Babylonians, who had five years before defeated Judah 
and carried away captives, they returned and carried away more captives. But this time, Ezekiel was among the captives who were carried away into exile. Ezekiel found himself in Tel Aviv in Babylon on the Chabar Canal near Nippur. And this awful predicament constitutes God's judgment on the disobedience and immorality of the people. We cannot find any trace of the evidence that Ezekiel was involved in immorality, but he had to suffer their plight just as if he had been involved in their sinfulness. Sometimes when a sinner is punished, those around him and those associated with him also devastated even though they were not involved in the sin. Ezekiel said that he was a captive among captives. I can think of very little that would be worse than being a captive. Captives have no rights. Captives are restricted and restrained. Captives remember the defeat of those who had protected them. They remember the joys of the days of freedom. Captives are not free to pursue the joys of family life and social involvement. Captives are not given food or medical care or housing of their choice. And this was probably the worst time of their lives. It had to be even worse for Ezekiel because Ezekiel had served God faithfully and now he was being punished with the guilty ones. Isn't it wonderful that God has a way of showing up at our worst times of our lives? The fourth man stayed in the furnace after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken out of the furnace. But he stayed there so that he would be already there when any of his other children might be thrown in the furnace. If life throws you in the fire, know that the Lord is already there. Isaiah saw the Lord in the year of King Uzziah died, and it was a tough time. And that's when God showed up. It was at this tough time that Ezekiel said, the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. This whirlwind came from the north that Ezekiel saw, and it was a fitting symbol of the destruction brought by the Babylonians when they came down on Judea from the north. Adversity have a way of coming down like a whirlwind. No one is invulnerable. Wealth, education, influence do not insulate you from the whirlwind. One of the main messages of the book of Ezekiel is that God will ultimately triumph in history. His enemies may be winning battles now, but future judgment will totally destroy them. That is in Ezekiel 35, verse 1 through 15. God gave Ezekiel a vision that indicated not only that God was almighty, but that God would win. But God's providence was already at work. His activity had already started. God's providence refers to his power to sustain and guide human destiny. The four living creatures are called four living beings. 
And these beings are both symbols of angels and symbols of the divine capacities of God. Almost everything in the text passage must be understood and interpreted as a symbol of something else. The Bible teaches that there are angelic beings who are active on behalf of God's people, who perform divine missions and who serve and worship the Almighty God. The Bible implies further that each of us is assigned to a particular angel or group of angels. And further, we can call on this angel and these angels are our angels. In Matthew 18 and 10, Jesus said, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And so God chose to create angels and to give them a part in his divine plan. But he has the power within himself to do and be all that he wants. And so there is no limit to God's power, but these beings not only represent the pervasive power and involvement of the angels, but they also represent the power and the presence of Almighty God. Some things God does and some things he assigns his angels to do. Four beings with four faces imply that God's providence is universal and pervasive. The four beings represent the four points of the compass, the north, south, east, and west. And four faces point to the north, and another to the south, and the third to the east, and the fourth to the west. God and his kingdom are everywhere. Ezekiel and the captives in Babylon were far from home, but God was with them, and he knew the way back home. Their trouble had come from the north, but it was not something with which God could not deal. God is powerful everywhere, and our children and our loved ones may be many miles away from us, but they are never far from God. And God asked the question in Jeremiah 23 and 24, can anyone hide himself in secret places so that I will not see him, says God. Do not I feel heaven and earth, says the Lord. Psalm 139 and 7 says, where can I go from your spirit? And where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall take hold of me. And there are some people feel that God not only works in certain places and at certain times, but the four beings with the four faces imply that God is God of the three dimensions of time, past, present, and future, and even the dimension of eternity. And they imply that though things seem to be out of control, God has everything under control. The four faces also imply 
that God is supreme and that God is sufficient. Man is supreme among all creation of the earth. The eagle is supreme among all birds. The ox is supreme among all domestic animals. And the lion is supreme above and among the wild beasts of the field. And these supreme beings are symbolic of God's supremacy over the universe. One face looked toward the north, another face looked toward the south, another face looked toward the east, and another toward the west. Great nations may rise and fall, armies may come and go, but the Most High God reigns over all. And he wanted Ezekiel and the captives to know that he was greater even than the great Babylonians. And these four-faced beings that Ezekiel saw in this vision symbolized aspects of God's providence, the quickness and the sharp vision of the eagle, the boldness and the ferocity of the lion, the strength of the ox, and the ingenuity of men all symbolized the virtuosity and the all-adequacy of God. He's Jehovah Jireh the God who provides. He is the I am. If you need bread, then I am bread. If you need healing, then I am healing. God is a multifaceted, whatever we need him to be, he will be. The wheels also inform us of God's providence. The wheels and the wings remind us that God will never be late. Ezekiel Verse 14 tells us that the four beings ran back and forth rapidly like lightning. God is not slow. God is like lightning. Sometimes the plan of God seems to be unfolding so slowly, but God is always on time and ahead of time. He may delay for a time, but then he will move like lightning. God can go as slow or as fast as he wants to go. He has wheels. And the wheels also tell us that our God is awesome and amazing. These were big wheels. Verse 18 says they were so high that they were awesome. Big wheels roll over things and sometimes crush things down. When we know that God's wheels are awesome and amazing, then we will know that if God be for us, who can be against us? And so God has some big wheels. And the wheels also symbolize the complexity and the intricacy of God's providence. Because these were not just wheels, there were at least four wheels. And then there was a wheel within each of the wheels. Nobody can tell what the wheels are doing except the one who is controlling the wheels. And wheels within wheels become intricate and complex machines that can go in any direction and at any speed. And so God in this part of the vision is saying, don't try to figure me out. Don't try to tell me what to do. My ways are as high above your ways as are the heavens above the earth. My ways are not your ways and neither of my thoughts your thoughts. So God never does things the easy way. 
He always operates with miracles and with signs and with wonders. He operates in such a way that no one can get the glory except him. God says, listen, there's going to be a famine, but I must provide for my chosen people. So how will I do this? God, in his intricate and complex providence, decides, I'll allow Joseph's brothers to hate him so that they will sell him into slavery in Egypt so that Potiphar may buy him. And I will do that so Potiphar's wife can lie on Joseph and cause him to be put in prison. And I will allow him to go to jail so that he, so that he can meet the baker and the butler and so that he can interpret their dream. But then I will allow the butler to forget about Joseph. But if he remembers too early, he will mess up my timing. But I will allow the Pharaoh to have a dream. And I will give Joseph the interpretation of the dream. And then I will cause Joseph to be promoted. And then I will accomplish my purpose. There was a time when the black slaves in America tried to find some kind of rationale that would explain what they were going through in the beating and the brutality and the pain and the hunger and the death. And somebody read Ezekiel chapter 1 and understood what it has taken me years to understand. And they composed their own scriptural or spiritual interpretation of what they saw. And they sung, Ezekiel saw the wheel in a wheel, way up in the middle of the air. The big wheel runs by faith, and the little wheel runs by the faith and grace of God. That was their way of saying, God's providence is intricate and complex, but God brings us out all right. And the black slaves sung that spiritual to express their vision of what God was going to do for them. Ezekiel chapter 1 lets us know that God's providence is sure, that God's providence is certain. Verse 9 says, the living beings did not turn, but they went straight forward. Verse 17 says that the wheels did not turn aside when they went, and it may seem that you are on a winding road, but be assured God is going straight. He that hath begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God has promised God will perform. The text lets you know that God has been thinking about you. Verse 5 says that the four living beings had the likeness of a man. Verse 26 says that on the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man. And this was God's way of saying that this is about my children and for my children. And God says, I want every man and every woman who reads this chapter to know that this is for them and about them. This is the message of my love for them. And God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. These wheels also let us know that God sees and God knows everything. Because he says in verse 18 
that the rims of the wheels were full of eyes all around the four of them. God says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And this means that God is watching you. It means that God is watching out for you. My heavenly Father watches over me. And so, child of God, you're not going through what you're going through because God does not see it. God sees everything. He is the God of infinite wisdom. He knows and he sees. You're not going through what you're going through because God has no power to act upon your behalf. God has all power. He has a big wheel and then a wheel in a wheel. So you're not going through what you're going through because God does not care about you. He's been thinking about you all the time. And part of what you're dealing with is the fact that any spot on a wheel has its ups and its downs. You may be down today, but as the wheel turns, you're inevitably going to be up. And so life has its ups and it has its downs. And the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. You're going through what you're going through because God is not through with you yet. Hold on a little while longer. Wait a little while longer. God knew what Ezekiel would later see and that he would see the people as dead men's bones, dry and scattered. And God wanted Ezekiel to know that God is in charge and he will bring them back to life again. The likeness on the throne was the likeness of a man. And that symbolized the glory of the Lord. God was saying to Ezekiel, no matter what happens, I am on the throne. I am in charge. Ezekiel said in chapter 2, verse 2, that when the, then the Spirit entered me, when he spoke to me and set me on my feet. And that lets me know that God wants to put somebody on their feet today. When trouble shows up, God shows up. We have an angel that watches over us. And God is universal. And God is everywhere. He is the God of the past, a God of the present, a God of the future. He's the God of all eternity. God is like an eagle. He's like a lion. He's like an ox. He's like a man. But he's also more. Last but not least, God wants us to know that he's never late. He's awesome. He's a big wheel. God's providence is intricate. And God sees and God knows everything. Be still and know that I am God. He sees everything. He knows everything. He can do all things. He is everywhere. That's what Ezekiel saw in this vision that the Lord gave him. And I would say to you, child of God, be not dismayed, whatever betide. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. And so we walk by faith and we walk by sight. And God gave Ezekiel this vision so that we could receive it and walk in the power thereof. Whether we go north, south, east, or west, whether we deal with time past, time present, time in the future, 
time throughout eternity, no matter what we're dealing with, God knows, God sees, he's a wheel, in the middle of a wheel, and I see you walking in victory and in the power of Almighty God. Thank God for his might. Thank God for his power. Thank God for this vision of what God wants to do in our lives. Would you help me praise God and glorify Almighty God? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God can do anything but fail. The God that raised Jesus from the dead, the God that caused the Jesus who had been crucified and hung on a terrible cross, he came down from that cross. He was placed in the grave, but on the third day morning he arose from the dead, and he's alive forevermore. You can know that God. You can receive the power of Jesus Christ into your life. If God loved you enough to send his son and to cause him to rise again from the dead, God loves you enough to do whatever you need done in your life. Be not dismayed. God will take care of you. If you've heard this word, it's a strange and unusual vision that God gave Ezekiel that we might understand the power and the might of Almighty God. That power, that might is extended to you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Please pray this prayer after me, dear Lord. Thank you for the vision of Ezekiel that you've given to us today to let us know that you're the God of the past, the present, the future. You're the God of the north, the south, the east, the west. You're the God who can do everything. You're the God who knows and sees everything. You're the God who is intricate and complex, but always doing that which brings glory to your name and good to your people. I receive Christ as my Savior and my Lord, and I thank you. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.